another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, the podcast where we view and review movies, TV shows, and anything else pop culture. Today, we'll be taking a look at Moon Knight's inaugural episode, as well as our thoughts on this year's Oscars. My name is Ivan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and 2007's International Dance Dance Revolution champion, Emmett. DDR, man. What a blast from the past on that one. <laughs> I feel like I used that before somewhere. Uh, I, I definitely don't. did something else in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to run out of these sooner or later. We need to create a timeline so we can keep track of our lies. I mean, uh, truths. We really do, honestly. <laughs> I didn't like uh, Dance Dance Revolution, though. No, I, I, I never did. I think... Uh, there was there was actually a period of time where that became like the big big thing to do at the local theater over here. Like it, there were crowds of people. Yeah, the big metal box, akin game. to like the '80s kind of like mall scene, right? Yeah, it definitely had that vibe. That and Guitar Hero, though. I I just don't have a musical bone in me, so I cannot, you know, get the finger dexterity for the guitar or have the, you know eye foot coordination for dancing yeah guitar hero is actually probably the, the bigger one out of the two honestly like especially into the early 2000s everybody was into into it i wonder if that actually increased the number of guitar players in the world i like there's no correlation with that video game and like actually being able to play the guitar <laughs> <laughs> well the hand-eye coordination skills are apparently a really have boosted up the um, number of people that would fare well at like becoming surgeons and that kind of thing. Have you have you ever read that? No, I I didn't see those. Uh, I'm, are these studies or are you just making stuff up? No, there, there was like studies. <laughs> <laughs> there were studies in like 2011 or something like that. I'm trying to recall, but I know like apparently like they took a, a whole bunch of um, uh, doctors and just kind of like asked them like what were what was their like pastimes and hobbies before they uh became doctors and like video games was among the more uh recurring one recurring answers i guess so all video games or like first person shooters and um ddr i don't know if i want my doctor admitting that they played a lot of cod or halo (laughs) well i mean as long as it helps them not make some sort of like mistake right like Feel no, like. if if you know video games are promoting violent culture, then I don't want my doctor, who's supposed to be saving my life, hurting <laughs> me. But speaking of violent culture, uh, you want to talk Oscars? Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, 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 I said it in the intro. We're talking Oscars. I think, yeah, you know what? Let's 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 kick things off with that because I feel like we can't talk about anything Oscar related this year without talking about the will smith chris rock thing um so we are uh, just you know uh <laughs> disclaimer we are like a week after the oscars so there's been some learnings there's been you know statements and whatnot uh and we both have had time to sit with it so it's not like off that night reaction but maybe take us back before we talk about anything like we've learned but uh what was your like immediate reaction watching it so I didn't watch it live. I was really? actually, yeah, I was actually, um, what was I doing? I was scrolling through Twitter <laughs> as I do <laughs> in the evening. <laughs> We're an entertainment podcast and you didn't watch the Oscars? I, my plan was to watch it after the fact because I was DVRing it, actually. 
Um, what because I, I, do you live in? You know, where's <laughs> Tivo? Early two thousands. Um, no, I I was recording it because I I thought you know what this is this is good. Um, well, this is for a, me to you might have a to. better perspective then if you were scrolling Twitter. What was it like seeing a a new trend, uh, like soar and just take off? <laughs> it's always interesting to see what happens because I think when you're when you're scrolling through Twitter and you come across that first, your big instinct first is like, well, what? <laughs> you know, right. like you you don't normally, um, I guess, like just kind of it, it's out of context, right? So. Mm-hmm. I saw Chris Rock and Will Smith along with the slap trending. And I was like, <laughs> is this a bit? Like, does that Yeah. And and obviously immediately after people were uploading the clip because you know it's today's like the culture. And then of, some like, people had like the un like the un uh uncensored version of it, which is like, how did you get that? Aren't we all watching ABC? <laughs> the international version. That and that's actually the clip I saw first. It's I think it's it's a Japanese broadcasting of the of the Oscars because they didn't cut when uh when ABC cut away. Right. And so or they, sorry they didn't cut the audio because ABC didn't cut away. They just cut the, the audio Well they did off. do a cutaway. They did cut audio, then they did like a it was a very quick like gone and then back but you definitely like missed the first cussing yeah yeah but i mean it was wild watching it live like i was texting my family and we're like this is a very uncomfortable bit that they're doing <laughs> like <laughs> thinking that like because i i thought it was like a stage slap where like you know how like you can clap your hands or something like that like chris rock had his hands behind his back so i was like oh maybe this is a fake out but it's really weird and like the Oscars isn't really the place to do something like this. But then, like, you can see the, like, when they silenced the audio, you can still see Will Smith mouthing the words. Like, that was wild. Yeah, when I, when I, I saw the uncensored um, take first on Twitter, I think it was one of the first things that, that popped out. But the way he walked towards Chris Rock, I thought it was kind of goofy, you know, kind of like the yeah. Fresh Prince walk. So I was like, oh, this is obviously a bit. Yeah, um, that's exactly what I thought, too. Like, the walk-up looks like he's, like, you know, he knew the slap was coming and, and the way that, like, Chris Rock braces for it, like, yeah. It was surprising and also kind of, I guess, not in a way, but I don't know. Like, to me, it kind of it caught me off guard, first of all, that it happened, right? And at the same time... Uh, I guess my immediate reaction after the fact is like, what was that all about? Because it, it kind of it seemed like such a really bizarre reaction to essentially a joke, right? Um, and I guess the you know, I, I guess just to provide full context here, part of the uh, anybody who's co- who's hosting the Oscars always throws jabs at the celebrity guests. All yeah, the it's time. a roast. It's a roast to like make everybody gets laughed at. Like the biggest names are here, so. We're in a very, you know, self-centered business. Like, yeah, we can laugh at each other. We can laugh at ourselves. And that's like the whole thing. Like, that's what you agree to. Like, that's the social contract. Right. And I guess um, recently Jada has Jada Pinkett Smith has been like open about her struggles with alopecia. Uh, That being said, I, you know, and again, 
separating ourselves from Hollywood for a minute, right? Because I'm, I'm assuming Hollywood is to some degree like us, not as informed about everything that comes out, right? Like, how can you? But mm-hmm. I wasn't aware that she was suffering from that. I, I always assumed that that was kind of like a, a choice, right? Because yeah. um, she's she's rocking it, you know? Like, I've, I've never she, seen her... I feel like she's rocked short hair for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and it 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 is unfair for, like to uh to say like oh chris rock you should have done research before doing a joke like on that like it's unfair to be like you have to know everything about every celebrity before you start roasting like he's a he's a stand-up comedian like yeah it might have crossed the line but it's also like that can't be your reaction will like maybe you could say something from your seat but you know take it to a physical uh level is just way too far and i like we're not the first to say this or anything like that so we don't have to like harp on this at all but uh, it, the the stuff that came out of this is just really interesting that they like they asked him to leave and he just said no and they're like okay <laughs> and then they let him like do his speech and everything it's like yeah. and the speech is like it's heartfelt and he's like saying like oh love will make you do crazy things like excuse me no you just assaulted a man <laughs> and now you're getting awarded like it it's it goes so much further than like it's just a weird moment at the Oscars. It's like, it's just appropriating violent culture. It's just like, what are we doing? Like we, we forget how to behave over a couple years of COVID. It's been, it's a strange thing to to look at the reaction because I feel like as, as a man of principle, <laughs> as, as, as somebody who I feel like I have my certain sets, you know, like there's just certain things that I feel like you can't, cross lines of and this is one of them where i feel like yeah was it insensitive sure but then like take a look at the golden globe situation with ricky gervais like a year ago like that guy was going all out right and in that situation i can i can kind of see more of a reason as to why somebody would get to that state even then it's not justified but it it just surprised me that um a lot of people were out there just kind of defending his his actions um I don't think it was the appropriate measure to take. And the other thing, too, is like, I think we've gotten to a point, too, with comedy where, you know, comedy is by its nature kind of offensive, right? Like you're offending somebody regardless of what joke you make, whether tame or not. And that didn't, to me, sound like anything super spiteful. Um, but I'm I'm torn, honestly, on, on how to feel, because on one hand, I don't think we should have had him you know celebrate him i guess but at the same time separating what happened from the work yes he deserved his oscar yes you know great that he got that chance to kind of speak and all but i feel like the more appropriate thing would have been to still reward him with the oscar but strip him of the ability to go up there and get to give us like speech yeah yeah no i completely agree with that i think it is a really difficult thing because it's like i picked him in my pool to win you know uh, (laughs) leading man like leading oscar and for good reason because i saw that and i love that movie and it's it doesn't change how you feel about will smith at the end of the day right uh it just is like it it's just like what is okay and what's not okay and by letting him go up and give a speech and whatever it's like it's just saying that it's okay which is definitely the wrong message there right i don't and on top of all this too it's like it just overshadows a night where there's some really great awards like I loved Coda and I love seeing it be so successful, but you get no next day headlines about, you know, like a deaf cast uh, accepting award and 
being translated, uh, like having their speech translated and like have a platform for that. It's all Will Smith for the next four days. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. And again, as somebody who was looking at this through the lens of Twitter that night, I don't think I ever really saw anything else trend that night but him from the Oscars. Whereas usually on Oscar night, you'll see, you know, one silly moment or something happen and it trends. And then you have like every time somebody will win an award, the speech will kind of like, you know, blitz get their time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. It didn't happen this time. And it was, it's unfortunate. You know, I, I, I hope, you know, things are kind of learned from this situation. Um, there's, there's been that thing of like, were it anybody else, they would have been escorted out and all that. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I feel like anybody who would have done this at the Oscars, you know, regardless of them reputation or anything, I don't think the Oscars would have handled it right at all to be honest with you because i feel like hollywood has this really hypocritical side where it's like it it likes to say it holds itself to a standard but doesn't ever actually unless you really like i mean they're all all a-listers so it's not like you're gonna go against that because they have such a huge following that their fans like the fans of the a-lister are just going to come after you so it's like they feel like i'd rather just not say anything then pick a side. It's like, well, not not picking a side is picking a side. Right. In this case. The, the other thing, too, he's come out and said he's retired. He's, like, I saw resigned that. from he the resigned academy. out of the academy. Which, I guess for context here, all it really means is he's not eligible for any future awards. And he's, um, but he's still probably going to be invited to these things. Uh, so... Yeah. You know, how much of a consequence is that? It's not much. Again, I don't I think it's more so of like forced this dude to give a public and actual like, you know, face to face apology kind of thing. Uh, because releasing a statement <laughs> through your PR person is probably not the best way to handle things either. You know, but I don't know. I'm I'm torn. I feel like there's no way to appropriately handle the situation. It's just one of those things where like I feel like. It, you know, if there was a way to take it back, that would be the only way to 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 settle the situation. Yeah, but that's definitely enough of that because I mean, it's been talked about for the whole week. Yes. But what about any of the awards? Did any like movies or uh, actors, actresses uh, surprise you or make you happy, or you think somebody gets snubbed in this? Um, I was surprised at how many awards Dune got. Yeah, I feel like that took me by surprise. I mean, like, I think, you know, running down the list, they won Best Visual Effects, they won Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, Best Sound, Best Original Score. That one's very debatable. Best Costume Design, also very debatable. <laughs> best Production Design. I feel like... Um, well, they didn't win know. Best Costume. That was uh, Corolla. Oh, yeah, sorry. Best Production Design. But, yeah, um, aside from that, like, they won all the technicals, and I... I guess that makes sense, but it's like it's a lot for a movie that I I personally didn't really love. Yeah, but then again, too, I feel like there wasn't a big spectacle film like that was running here. No Way Home. Uh, ever hear of it? <laughs> it wasn't highest, it wasn't even nominated, grossing movie uh, in the US. By the way, we got to talk about that in just a minute because yeah, we never talk about them. <laughs> No, because they had the uh, Oscar uh, fan favorite moment award that they handed out to 
was that Nickelodeon Award? No, it's. It, it, I guess it was like a. I, maybe I missed it. I don't know. I think it was like an online poll or something where uh, fans were able to kind of vote what their big movie best, theater moment was. Movie theater moment. Okay. Yeah, and which there's not that many options. No, but I'm surprised at who took it. Which was um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, it was that top ten list. Yeah. I I missed what that was about. Okay. They had an award for the best like moment, and the yeah, Flash, okay. the Flash tapping into the Speed Force was the yeah. The Why was that number one? I <laughs> look. I mean, it was a cool sequence, but it wasn't like like it I was surprised. No Way Home took it. Like No Way Home. It wasn't taken. three Peter Parkers creating a meme, uh, <laughs> or like living out a meme. Twenty years worth of um. Or no, not 20 years. You know, actually, yeah, maybe 20, about 20 years in the making, right? But yeah. I don't know. That, that that one felt weird. But anyway, back to the conversation about Dune. <laughs> um, I think I think Dune just didn't have any match in terms of like other big epic scale movies that were nominated on 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 these lists. Sure. Uh, like the 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 score by Hans Zimmer, it was great, but it wasn't you know that like I think award worthy to be honest with you. Yeah, it's kind of forgettable in my opinion. Yeah, the editing also. I mean, visual effects I can kind of see. Cinematography I can kind of see. Uh, I don't even think it should it, it deserve the best sound award. I don't know. Like it just seemed like they really were like, all right, well let's just give it to Dune because they had the the biggest budget to kind of shell over these things. Yeah, that's probably it. Uh, I totally agree. I thought it, it got a lot of awards that I was kind of surprised about. Uh, I didn't pick them that often in my pool. The one that got me was Jessica Chastain's speech. I thought she did an amazing job. Yeah, Jessica Chastain's speech, I thought was really good. Um, and also, is it, this is the first time she's winning an award, right? An, an actual Oscar? Ooh, I don't know that. Uh... I, I think she was nominated before, but I don't think she's ever won. I could be I could be totally wrong, but she won Best Actress in 2013. Okay, so I'm wrong. <laughs> um, our producer is really slow at this. <laughs> you had a um a head start, and you know a, a a big head start, I guess, compared considering the fact that I haven't seen it yet. But on watching the Best Picture winner, which was Coda. You know, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I I would assume it's 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 well deserved. Um, I was really pulling for Belfast to win, but they got best original screenplay, which I thought is probably the next best best thing there. Yeah, I did I did pick Belfast off your recommendation, and uh, that really ruined me in the in the uh, pool. So thanks a lot <laughs> uh, for your your review. Your lack of judgment. <laughs> I should have just gone with Coda because I knew that was a beautiful movie. Uh, but no, it was so well deserved. That definitely was. I mean, I didn't see every every movie on the Best Picture list, but uh, I think I saw like four or five of them. And by far, out of the out of the ones I watched, that was the best. It definitely was um, something that kept being brought up and talked about. That that movie kind of took, I guess, like second place conversation given the whole situation that happened. But uh, I will give it a shot. It's on my it's it's on my to do list for this week to finally sit down and watch it. I haven't seen a whole bunch of the other uh, contenders, to be honest with you. Like I did see King Richard. Um, I saw Belfast. The one that kind of surprised me a little bit was the best animated feature winner, which was Encanto. Yeah. Um, 
I liked it. I also thought that that movie deserved <laughs> the uh, best original uh, score because I feel like the music on that was incredibly done. Yeah, I think I picked them for song, not score, but um, that's another one I need to get to. I usually am pretty late with the Pixar movies, though. Yeah, they're not like the, I guess, the top. I think on either of them were list too. Like I feel like if I hadn't if I hadn't um seen it by way of, you know, watching it with my niece, I probably wouldn't have gone to it as quickly as I did. Yeah, I think that's it. I think if you have kids, you're probably watching it in that year, right when it comes out. Otherwise you're you just need the right night for it, you know? Yeah. Any other thoughts on Oscars before we go to Oscar Isaac? <laughs> Um, I guess the last thing for me is uh, I I thought the um, the award for best costume design going to Cruella was actually pretty cool because that movie was filled with some of the most unique costume work I've seen uh, done uh, in in a, in a while. So if you haven't gotten a chance to watch it, I think Cruella is actually a pretty good movie too. I don't think we talked about it on here, but that's I, I one I like forgot. Mixed opinions on it, so I kind of held off on watching it. But if you do, you think it's Definitely worth like a, a rainy day watch type of thing. Yeah, it's definitely like now that it's available to watch on Disney Plus without any like charges mm-hmm. um, versus when it came out. I think it's definitely worth to, to watch Disney Plus. I feel like if it continues this trend, like giving us movies of Cruella's quality on the platform, I think it's 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 off to a pretty good start. Uh, and they, yeah, they are and, pushing more for that and getting a lot of their properties back. Um to air on there like all the marvel tv shows yes let's go uh, universal hand the hulk back to marvel please <laughs> D- different <laughs> conversation there so let's move on to moon knight's uh debut yes i've been waiting for this moment for have two you weeks. <laughs> only for three weeks <laughs> <laughs> for a couple days uh what were your thoughts on the first episode so I think I told you before um, before this past week, but like uh, I had actually had a chance to watch the first episode. Uh, a friend mm-hmm. of mine was given the first four episodes to review um, ahead of the curve. And I, I sat down to watch only the first one. I didn't want to like get too into it because I feel like if you watch four, I don't know how the critics will do it. If you get really into it, like it's it'll be grueling to kind of get to you know the next couple of weeks. But uh, overall, I thought it was a well-rounded episode, a good start to what seems to be one of the more unique offerings of the MCU. Um, I'm careful to say that, though, because I feel like that's what Phase 4 has been trying to do all along. Like, every single project of it is trying to be as unique as it can be. But this one in particular had very few, if any, references to the larger MCU world. And it kind of more so focused on telling the story of Moon Knight and not worry too much about making any connections to the MCU off the bat, right? And I think that's something that we haven't seen with the other shows yet, uh, mainly because this is the first show where the titular character is not has not been introduced in the MCU in some other way before. So this is the first time a Disney Plus show is introducing a character, and that character is the main character. So just pointing that out there. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a good point, because usually they do feel the pressure to be like, and this is where it fits on the timeline. It's like, I think we can assume it just takes place after Endgame. Um, but right. you're right, there's no, um, like, 
background signage or evidence that's like referencing the blip or uh, so which means it could be before it I, we don't know yet um, but that is an interesting point too I didn't really think about that while watching yeah. it yeah well the, the, which was I, nice because it, it didn't distract me with like where where like when does this take place am I going to see somebody else like it was nice just to like see a superhero movie or a show about that superhero and not to get into too much of a spoiler I guess Phil's segment here, but like I, I do think that this um it kind of delivered on the promise of Marvel going a little bit more dark and a little bit more edgy because this series, at least the first episode, kind of delivered on something that I didn't think we'd see, which is like this much blood. <laughs> um and some more like off-putting scenes. Um uh, talking about that intro uh in particular. Uh it's a little bit of like, uh, you know, like it's kind of like I, I'd like to think of it as like Daredevil light, whereas you see the aftermath of something versus getting into too much of the gruesome details of like the fight scenes that we we got a chance to take, kind of take a look at. Because really, there's only one fight scene in this episode towards the end uh, because there is action before, but you don't really see it. Um. But I think it did, it did a really good job. It, it referenced a lot of the Jeff Lemire run from uh, Marvel Comics on Moon Knight. Uh, the multiple personalities angle, I think, is pretty interesting and pretty cool. Uh, I thought I would find Oscar Isaac's um, British accent to be a bit too cheesy. And sometimes it does get to that point, but that's the whole purpose of the character after watching the first uh, episode here. So I thought it was good. It's trying to do something different. And it actually is accomplishing something different. And I hope it keeps that up because... I feel like we need that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, I need a show that feels like a show and not a show that feels like a lo- an elongated movie. Yeah, that is a good point. It definitely d- does distinguish itself from Marvel while still being part of it, uh, at least after one episode, right? So they still have time to mess that claim up. <laughs> uh, but it is it is an interesting show. Um there's just some issues like with pulling me in right like knowing that this is marvel i it's either a deep cut superhero or it's just like it's not a household name so i don't really care that much and like the first episode has to be so gripping that i'm like i'm hooked but you referenced it where it's like it's kind of like going from season two of daredevil to season three if you were like me and forgot to or didn't know to watch uh the defender season like it's skipping action that you wanted to see. Uh, and that's like, that's the part that I want to watch. Um, and, and the split personality stuff is like, it, that's the worst part of Lord of the Rings is like watching Gollum and Smeagol, like fight with themselves. Like, I don't know. I, I just want to be able to skip that part too, where he just gets to the point where he's like, all right, I'm, I realize I'm living two lives. I just want to like, I can become that person who can merge or like flip the switch and turn it on and off uh, on my command. Yeah, I feel like most of the like if they were going to try to spin this to like the general public, it probably would have benefited them more to focus on the Mark Spector personality, like the true personality of Moon Knight, and then just have him talk to all the voices in his head. But yeah, the, I mean, I'm wondering how this is going to go with the next couple episodes. I think it's off to a good start, I, I, but I also kind of feel like, you know, this could get 
a bit too like tired or annoying too, depending on how they go with it. I, I think it's also the genre for me too. Like, I mean, I got really strong mummy vibes off of this. Like, it's Brendan Fraser versus Arnold uh, Vosloo, right? Like, they, yeah, it's it's one guy who is in touch with the like ancient Egyptian gods versus a guy who like is just like a science teacher slash uh, museum curator like like it's very on that and that wasn't the greatest movie franchise yeah it 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 definitely does ring a little bit close to the mummy series not so much like I, i don't really see it that much to be honest with you like maybe a little bit but uh, where where I do feel like it kind of pulls a little bit more of that from is is some of that mystical angle, right? Because it, it, we're departing a little bit from Moon Knight's traditional uh, setting, which is crime fighting vigilante in the city, and I feel like this is more like crime fighting vigilante uh, traveling the world, maybe. Uh, because we do, but it's very self serving for whatever god that he serves. Yes, know, like we haven't learned that yet, but right, 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 right. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm excited to see where it goes, but I'm like a little bit more like precautious of where, uh, you know, of how it can kind of play out here. Yeah, I don't want to sound like a downer because the I will say that this the thing that this has going for it is it has really good pacing. Like it was, uh, not on the edge of your seat exciting but it was definitely like fast paced where it goes from one thing to the next and you're learning and you're like uh like getting pulled into this world pretty quickly it's just for me it's like i don't know who this guy is and i i guess i can get like be patient and learn but it's also like it's a real deep cut here <laughs> for me yeah yeah you know again, i don't know from, a, from the comic book comic book point of view like in that world, would you say this is like a very you know popular, common name, or is it? Are they kind of like you know picking at the like the dregs of the barrel here? Um, what the character himself? Yeah, he's popular enough, but I, he's definitely not like this. Isn't like Guardians of the Galaxy situation where this feels like, like C list to me. I, yeah, so he's more of like a B or C lister, um, whereas the Guardians I think was like D or F <laughs> list uh, characters before they got. Um, oh really? The movie. Yeah, yeah. No, no, nobody knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were, and if you if you found somebody who were, I mean, like this was a comic book that kept getting rebooted several times over the, you know, four decades that it was uh, printing. Interesting. I mean, some of them seem like D-listers within the group, but I would have pictured like Star Lord being bigger than. No, no, they, they, I, I think they're, they're, they're now in that status in the comic books because of the movie sure. and the exposure. Uh, but Moon Knight was definitely really, really popular in the nineties. Um, so much so that he was kind of like a ghostwriter in a way. Like ghostwriter became uber popular. But I think there's so many characters that that got that fame around that time. Uh, Moon Knight would definitely be one of those, though. Like he, he, he isn't bottom of the barrel. But again, like to the mainstream audience, he, you know, nobody knows who this guy is. Yeah, and I—that's the only issue I have is like, why should I care about this guy? And I think just because like 
you know, I'm so used to the phase one through three where it's like, there's a grand plan here. And even though you don't know how you're going to get there, you knew what the end was. Like you knew infinity war and end game would come about. You just didn't know how you were going to get there or that it would be that big at that time. This just feels like, what am I working towards here? That That's the only issue. like, I'm that I watched through that lens. Right. And I think it's fair because, you know, th- this is one of those situations now. And I, and I think, um, you know, before we, any of these Disney shows debuted, we talked about whether or not this was going to be like required viewing. Um, if you want to know Moon Knight, this is clearly <laughs> required viewing. Uh, but it, it might be easier to digest a character like this, giving them a like kind of side intro in the as a supporting role, I guess, in the movie versus dropping six episodes uh focused on this character uh there for 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 comic book fans this show this first episode had a lot of little like easter eggs of really cool things that are maybe like a wink and a nod to future things i don't know um like one of those details that i missed uh and i saw this on an article after because apparently like the director was talking about it was uh that that castle that uh and the i guess the country he wakes up in um mm-hmm. is apparently supposed to be latveria which uh i bon, i would think bon doom. yeah um this would be dr doom's castle then which mm-hmm. again maybe maybe you should have made a bigger deal <laughs> about where he was you know <laughs> um i mean it had like that sort of a vibe like like a switzerland looking or like a netherlands or Hall, I like it looked European like that, right? It just didn't like. I don't know why it didn't strike at me where I'm like, oh, that is Doctor Doom's castle. Because then somebody took, um, well, that's like a, a bold frame. assumption to make. Like a, a group of characters that haven't been introduced in this universe, like just to be like, oh, I know where this is. <laughs> well, the only reason is because um, if you take the because Doctor Doom's castle has this like very iconic look to it. And somebody compared, I guess they, they did show that wide angle where you see the entire um, little structure. I thought, I thought Dr. Doom lived in Pleasant Park. <laughs> I only know him from Fortnite. Yeah. It's that guy, it's that guy from Fortnite. He's, you know, that was his um, temporary <laughs> residence for, for a bit there. But it has a, sig- a, a signature look. It does have a signature look, and and people were comparing it to the comic book panels where where we've seen it. And I mean, they're they're probably onto something. The director did say that that was that barrier, and I think one of the boxes in the truck said Von Doom. So clearly, they're trying to refer to him. But kind of a weird thing to <laughs> toss in there for a show, right? The only thing that I can kind of think of is I know Doctor Doom is magic based too, so. Mm-hmm. There could be some connection there. I don't know. I mean, if at the end of the show we find out that the villain somehow has some ties to Doctor Doom, that would be a pretty cool little setup. I think if we're, if we're getting a Thanos villain in the in the future. It's probably Doctor Doom. Yeah, that'd be a a sizable event for sure. And I, it's a nice way to bring in the Fantastic Four and whatnot. Uh, so we definitely have left the spoiler free section here. By the way, uh, you can go back in time and not listen to these, but that chase scene in this in the town is really exciting, and I was really into that. But then I I'm not a fan of like these skip moments where he like 
falls asleep and then wakes up like, wakes himself up to take like re- retake control of himself like you're missing the good parts that I want to watch yeah you I think it definitely does a disservice to skip on some of that action or if it and cuts they do it on purpose through. and it's like I get the what it's like pushing forward like he has no idea what's going on and we need to feel as stressed as him but it's like let us see what he's capable of that's the issue we need we need to see it because I, I think part of the reason or part of the frustration, I guess, um, for looking at a show like this and trying to also find that core audience is, you know, up to what point are you or are we going to, I guess, try and get people hooked on this and, and say, like, oh, this is Marvel's step into, like, the darker realm of things. If we're just not going to show some of those, you know, more brutal action sequences, I think it, it kind of got there at the end of the of the episode uh, with the hallway scene and all that. But uh, I don't I, I just don't know. It, it feels like they're taking one step in, but they're kind of like trying to feel for what the temperature is in the pool before getting in. You get what I mean? Like they're being very yeah. conservative about how they're tackling this. Yeah. So as far as like series goes. It's definitely too early to put it in a sort of ranking system, but does episode one get you hooked enough that you're excited for two or you're just like, I'm in for giving you another, like you bought yourself another week type of thing or not at all. It gets me excited enough to to want to view week over week, but is it something that I'm going to be watching the day it drops? I don't really know. You know, I I think, um, again, I like Moon Knight as a character. I'm interested to see, but it just my hype level is not quite you know as high as something like even falcon and the winter soldier to be honest with you uh, yeah i agree i don't think this episode did like like ruined it for me like i think i'll still tune in on a week-to-week basis but i agree i don't think i'm like um i'm like i can't wait till it drops like first thing in the morning it's not like a mandalorian type of thing i think all it did was it bought itself another week to the other thing too is like I feel like this is again this is the first time we're getting a character that's introduced in his own show and we just don't know where his story is going to lead. Whereas the others, we had a little bit of like an Easter egg moment in another project, and so we're right. hyped from that to see like, oh, okay, I can't wait to see what happens next. And so the show drops, and you're you know, yeah. If they link this with Doctor Strange, where like there's a mummy standing on that council or whatever like okay i'm into this then like but there's no reason to be like i have to watch this right now it seems like something you'd be like i could wait until it comes it's all out and if i'm if i want to i'll binge it or if not then i'll watch one and realize i'm out right i think it'd be cool to just you know and i'll periodically just kind of touch base and see what you know how the series is kind of progressing i feel like that's probably the best way to go about um viewing this show but uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm on board for the rest of the season, um, but, I, you know, I, I don't know how much extensive coverage we want to do week over week. You know, like I, I think it's a, it's one of those that we'll probably revisit um, a few months down the road to just kind of see how things uh, progressed. Yeah, it's got like bad batch vibes where like maybe we'll just do a couple at once or, or at the end of the season if we both have managed to stay with it. Right. Right. But yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a good ending point for this episode. Um, so all in all, we we both thought it was enjoyable. Definitely worth you trying it out. But 
Uh, it depends on if that's like your genre that you're into of like just a one-off episode. Yeah, I mean, give it a shot. I feel like uh, you know we'll we'll maybe we'll be surprised down the line, but um, it, if, it's, it's only for Oscar part. Isaac too. Like I think I I, li- I like the guy a lot. Yeah, he's done a really good job with most of his stuff, and I feel like he's talked very passionately about this project, so I'm excited to see where they take it. Yeah, me too. So why don't we end it there? Uh, if you feel like we missed anything, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at BT4thWall or being4th. Otherwise, thanks for thanks listening. Thanks for listening.